1: So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on v the sports betting network.
3: Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. Always on Twitter, at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S. O-N-A-I-R, and, of course, at v Live. The Rams held their championship parade on Wednesday in Los Angeles, and the hundreds in attendance were very excited. <laughs> no, I'm sure it was more than that. Uh, but the crowd uh, just did not look like it was the type of crowd you would expect from a championship parade. Like, if the Bengals won, I mean, that whole city is shut down. It, it's unbelievable. That whole city would shut down if the Bengals had won the Super Bowl. And, yes, they had, you know, like I guess maybe a couple thousand fans at the rally. That, um, But along the parade route, fans lining the streets, it did just did not look good on television uh, at all. Uh, but, Wayne, they were uh, standing on stage and at the podium and addressing the crowd Aaron Donald, of course, was uh the the main attraction, and he is, you know, talking to the crowd and playing it up and and enjoying himself. And then McVeigh starts chanting Run it back. Run it back. Run it back. And Aaron Donald says, quote, we built a super team. We can bring the super team back. Why not run it back? We can be world champs again. And with that statement, look, nothing is finalized and Things can change. Guys have conversations with their... Like right now, they're in celebration mode still. They'll go from celebration mode to vacation mode. And then after vacation mode, it's get back to work mode. So when that happens, we'll see what the conversations are like. And we'll see if they want to run it back or if retirement is on the table. Um... Sean McVay, there was a rumor or the thought that he could retire. McVay said, you know, he wanted to possibly spend time, you know, and and, and enjoy himself. I mean, the guy's 36 years old. It's incredible how young he is. Uh, He said when he was asked about it, quote, we'll see. But his fiance on Instagram had the caption saying, quote, And no, he's not retiring. So, you have McVeigh's fiance posting on Instagram that he's not retiring. You have him chanting, run it back. Aaron Donald kind of echoing those sentiments, run it back, run it back. Is that enough to kind of calm everybody's nerves? Is that enough to kind of think about this Rams team now? Seriously, when it comes to the futures market in next year's season? Because, well, a lot of the speculation was about, well, I don't know what this team's going to look like next year. You know, Aaron Donald might not be there. Von Miller's a free agent. Odell's a free agent. Uh, Sean McVay could retire. And then it's just the team that's just in flux. But if McVay's back, If Donald's back, Robert Woods will come back from injury. So that's a big, uh, a a big boost. Cup will be back. Stafford will be back. They will maybe re sign Von Miller. Like we'll see what they, you know, they could re sign him possibly. And, you know, this whole run it back idea kind of became a, uh, a um a, a theme for them right it became like the Bill Belichick no days off that's what this thing became um Von Miller said uh somebody um who was it Some who asked him somebody asked von Miller about if he's running it back and von Miller said we ain't going nowhere. So maybe Von Miller resigns, and now you start to look at this team in that division, which, yes, this season, the best division in football, right? Between the the Super Bowl champion Rams, the Cardinals, who were great all season, and the 49ers, who go all the way to the championship game, you know, yes, just a, a great division. But what's that division going to look like next year? I know Kyler Murray is kind of wanting to silence all the critics and talk and, you know, ease everybody's, uh, you know, fears. But a story like that doesn't come out unless there's some truth to it. I don't think somebody just made it up that, you know, Kyler was not happy and. And it certainly wasn't made up that he removed all the mentions of the team from his social media. So, like, you know, there's got to be something there. Also, stories like that get leaked by agents and stuff, you know, because they want to see and hear reaction. So maybe the Cardinals are in a transition next year. Maybe Kyler is not there. The 49ers, it's looking more and more likely that Jimmy Garoppolo will not be the quarterback next year. And so they hand the reins over to Trey Lance. Are we sold that, like, Trey Lance is, like, an elite NFL quarterback? Like, are we sold on him just yet? We saw him briefly this season. But do we know what he's going to do in a full season, his first full season as a starter? No. And then the Seahawks, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even think they know. You know, they're good enough to beat teams, they're bad enough to lose to everybody. So who knows what they're going to look like? If the Rams run it back, they're winning that division. And in the NFC, It's a lot easier to go deep in the playoffs or to put yourself in a position to be a top seed than it is in the AFC. In the AFC, you got to go through the Chiefs. You got to go through the Bills. You're going to have to go through the Ravens, who will be much better. You're going to have to go through the Chargers, who will be better. You're going to have to go through Maybe the Broncos with a certain MVP quarterback? See, that's one of the biggest questions now heading into this NFL offseason is what is the future for Aaron Rodgers? We all saw the TMZ reports that his engagement is off, and you know, you feel bad for the guy and whatnot. Sure, he's dealing with all that personal stuff, but this is a guy who you know, had the time hosting Jeopardy, and there were questions about his desire to play football. He goes out there, the whole last dance thing with him and Devontae Adams, and they wanted to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it just didn't happen for him. They lose to the 49ers, and I still can't believe they lost that game. But Rogers wins back-to-back MVPs. He's got four MVPs now. What more left does he want to achieve? You know, I, 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 he's got to get that second Super Bowl, right? I mean, you think a guy as good as him, a team as good as that, and for him only to win one—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's a little lacking on his Hall of Fame resume. Not like that. Not that it's not going to get him into the Hall of Fame, but it's—it's it's a little lacking. He needs that second title. But if you're looking at teams that could make a run. Next season, if the Rams bring back these pieces, throw them into the mix. Throw them into the mix. Is there value on them now in the future market at plus a thousand? No. But they're probably going to be the best of the group. Because there's no other team, really. Like the Cowboys, nah, nah I'm not buying it. Um, the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers is not there, no. Don't know what Jordan Love's going to be. The Bucks. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback of the Bucks next year. The Cardinals, if Kyler Murray's not there, no. The Vikings, like, think about this for a second. The Vikings might actually be a play. If Rodgers doesn't come back. The Packers are going to be in a transition, right? Because it's not just going to be Rodgers. It's going to be Rodgers and Adams that are not back. So, Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, probably the most established team in the NFC. With that, and the team with the least amount of question marks. I mean, new head coach, yeah, they're going to have to, you know, obviously things are going to be uh, changing, but. 35 to 1, maybe Minnesota's not a bad look. I personally am going to look at the NFC East and go with the Eagles and the Commanders, 40 to 1 and 50 to 1. Might take a look at those two teams in terms of a future outlook. We all know how bad that division is. We're going to continue the football conversation. Coming up next, football scout coach and consultant Chris Landry. From LandryFootball.com will join me next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network.
4: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,
3: Scott Satterberg back here with you, and it it's the look ahead here on VSIN the sports betting network. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air, ScottsOnAir, S C O T T S O N A I R. Follow us all here on the network at Vsin Live. Uh, coming up, we'll be joined by Chris Landry, uh, football scout, coach, and consultant. Uh, Chris will will recap some of the things that we're going on with the Super Bowl and uh, take a look ahead to next season. And then uh, Chris is going to be very. Um, instrumental in our draft coverage he'll be at the nfl combine uh and then we'll do a lot of pre-draft stuff and get ready to make some money on the draft i absolutely love betting on the nfl draft so we will look to dominate dominate when it comes to the end of april right here in las vegas the nfl draft but joining me now football scout Coach and consultant Chris Landry runs a website, LandryFootball.com, one-stop shop for all things football, college, and pro. Chris has worked on staff with both Bill Belichick and Nick Saban with the Cleveland Browns, spent several years in the Tennessee Titans front office, and uh, time spent at LSU as well. Chris, thanks so much for uh, giving us a couple of minutes here. And, and now that you've had a couple of days to kind of digest the Super Bowl. Uh, When you dissect everything on film, did the better team win that game?
2: Well, I think the more talented team did. Yeah, I think the Rams were better. I think they were better at the line of scrimmage. I think they controlled the game a great deal defensively at the line of scrimmage. Offensively, they did not run the football. I thought Cincinnati uh, had a lot of success against the Rams run game of course which they really was non-existent but yeah i think i think you know i mean talented teams aren't always the best team but i did think that in and we talked about it uh, prior to the game that you know close game you know joe Burrow and cincinnati's fared very very well and i give it up to the rams for making it happen on both sides of the ball, offensively to score late when they didn't have anything going for it. They didn't have Odell Beckham. I mean, it was Matthew Stafford feeding it to Cooper Cup. I mean, it was like the two man game in basketball. It was just pitch it down on the post and let's go and let's just figure it out a way, get to the line, do, do what it, it was. It was really a grueling, but they got it done. And then defensively, they were able to close it out. I mean, I, I thought, well, here we go. Burrell, a minute left. They're going to come down and they're going to have a shot with a really hot, confident field goal kicker to at least tie this game. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it because they couldn't protect. So I I do think that the Rams were better, yet, um, you know, I, I just give a whole lot of credit to Cincinnati. They're underrated defensively. They've got to fix some things you know in pass protection look you can't be con- a consistently good enough big play passing team if you can't protect any better than they do and they struggle with that <laughs>
3: how does Aaron Donald grade out to you when you consider really the, the mount rushmore of pass rushers or defensive front men in the NFL
2: well he still grades out as good as any player in football and you know they they ran two guys sometimes three guys at him and and you know it's it was difficult. That's why they made the moves. I mean, Nation played well and Von Miller's played well. And, you know, um, you've, you've had the, uh, obviously key guys that, uh, that were, that makes you not focus on, we're going to take away one guy and that's going to be enough. So when you're trying to block him and you're trying to, you know, block, um, you know, uh, any number of it, Leonard Floyd, any of those guys, you can't double up everybody. So it made everybody better. He makes everybody better. He's just relentless. He's tough. He's, because there's the leverage and how he explodes and turns speed into power, he's just been very good. He's still graded out as good as any player in the league for me this year. Um, and, and I've got... A breakdown on Landry football: Who the best players were in the NFL this past year? Just top overall, and uh, not guys that just free agents, but just you know guys that every player in the league. And he's graded out um, as good as anybody in the league uh, again, and which makes it uh, the question of: Okay, is he is he truly going to consider retiring? But I mean, I think it's him. I think it's Trent Williams. Uh, I think, you know, you've got a handful of guys that would put into that category as elite. I um, mean, he played over like 1,200 snaps this season prior to the playoffs. And he's been, you know, a lot of workload. Uh, he graded out the best player in the league last year. And I think you can make the case he was the best this year. Uh, if he's leaving, boy, he's leaving on top. And there'll be a lot of people there crying because he'll be missed. Uh, I just can't imagine him stepping away at this point. But We'll see. Well, to that point,
3: uh, Sean McVay at the, at the parade was, you know, chanting, run it back, run it back. And Donald saying, hey, you know, why not run it back? So if uh, he does return next season and McVay returns, you know, Stafford's going to be there. Still some question marks with other pieces. Von Miller's going to be a free agent. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be a free agent. What what chance do you give the Rams of getting back? to the Super Bowl next season, or at least putting themselves in position to get back next season.
2: Well, and I think Whitworth is going to be moving on. I mean, yeah, I think there are a number of things. Look, this is a team that was built for the short term, which is why as much as, you know, it's tough for Cincinnati to lose and there's no guarantee they're getting back. The core for the Rams are there. They're a good team, uh, but yeah, they're going to have to fill it around a little bit. Look, they, they, kind of caught fire at the end of the year, much like Tampa did last year. And, and just to use that as an analogy, remember last year, one of the things we all thought is, boy, that Bucks team got better and better. Imagine what they're going to be like next year when they have the football. It, it didn't work quite as well, did it? I mean, they made the playoffs. but So that's the challenge. Um, you're playing a lot longer season. I think that has a lot to do with it. Again, you'll have to replace some parts and, you know, not a lot of draft picks. And, you know, what they're able to do, who they're able to sign, what they're able to do trade-wise, it'll be a challenge. And, you know, it's a tough division. So just getting out of their own division, look, I I think you throw them in the mix, but I I would not sit there and say – look out, this this team's going to make a run. And over the next three years, they're going to win a couple of more. I, I don't see them as that type of team. I see them being in the mix. I see them in a playoff mix. But uh, I, I just think that there's some other teams that are every bit as good, every bit as capable. This team came together, and we'll see how it plays out, at, you know, starting in the NFC uh, in their own division. Would you <clears throat> agree that the path is going to be much easier in the NFC
3: next season because, you know, who knows what Aaron Rodgers' future holds. Tom Brady's gone, you know, Sean Payton leaving the Saints. So there's definitely going to be a new hierarchy in the NFC, whereas in the AFC, it's still the Bills and the Chiefs
2: and maybe even the Chargers next year. I, th- I think on the surface of what you mentioned, yes, is the answer to that. Um, and I don't think Brady's coming back, but I don't know. I-, I would suspect Aaron Rodgers would come back. But, yeah, I think there's – I think the other thing is they're just they're more good teams though in the NFC, and I think the Rams are not like like I think that the Bills and the Chiefs, even though they didn't make the game, th- there's a little bit tougher path, but they're a little bit better team. So I, I think the Rams is what, what Rams are we getting? I think when I looked at the Rams in the playoffs, ironically, uh, and maybe this is to your point, I don't think they played as good as they're capable of playing so how do you take that as boy they got better football left in them well maybe they do but with some missing parts I mean you take away I mean if Vaughn Miller doesn't come back I mean you you got some key pieces that I I don't even know if they get out of their division I mean I, I think it it depends on a lot of things what happens in San Francisco I mean how much better do the the Seattle kid. You know, Arizona's got their own issues with their quarterback. And I think there are a lot of question marks. There's a lot of parody. Uh but I think the Rams are in the mix. I just think it's look, I'm not sure that I was I was not comfortable in saying that the Rams would make it this year. Um but I would say of the two, they're in better position. I think Cincinnati's run was great but I'm with you if I'm going to sit here and say right now, and that's all we can do right now, but things are going to change because of the offseason and player movements I, I would say that Kansas City and Baltimore are better. Um, and I thought the Bengals got on a nice run, and yet I think their defense gelled and kind of helped combined turn them into a different level team now you know can the Bengals do that again I I don't know I think it's it's a real interesting conversation because as we talked about last week this is the first time ever that we've had both teams representing the AFC and the NFC they weren't even top three guys top three seeds that's that's coming out of not nowhere but that's coming out of a non-traditional path to making it
3: Chris I appreciate the time and the conversation all season long and can't wait to get geared up for the NFL draft Hey, look
2: forward to it, Scott. Always a pleasure.
3: Chris Landry, football scout, coach, and consultant. Uh, LandryFootball.com is the website. It has all the information you need on both the NFL and uh, college football, uh, roster analysis, uh, everything like that. And follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball for all the latest breaking news. And analysis. Chris will join us next week. We will uh, preview the NFL Combine, and then he will be at the NFL Combine March 1st through the 7th, so we'll find out everything going on there as far as the draft process is concerned. I'm Scott Sattermer. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, why our MVP bet in the NBA has already paid for itself. Well, not really, but it's getting there. This is the look ahead here on Vsin.
2: This is the look ahead on Vsin, the sports betting network.
3: Vsin has a great new offer that can only be subscribed as madness. You get Vsin all access to everything we do from now through the college basketball championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal happens only once a year, so don't miss out. Go to vcin.com slash madness to sign up today. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It's The Look Ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Earlier this week, we ranted and raved about DeMar DeRozan and in the wake of the incredible streak of games that he has put together, why he should legitimately be an MVP candidate. Our very own Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, talked about it uh, in Points Red Weekly, talked about it with us on Monday night about how DeMar DeRozan right now is a top five player in the NBA. Like you can you you can absolutely argue that there are not five players playing better than him right now, and that's kind of where I would have him as well. Like if I like to me, it's Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, and then maybe Steph Curry, and then DeMar DeRozan, and I would even put DeRozan ahead of Curry right now if we're being if I'm being truthful. Um, and then in terms of you know, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, I think they cancel each other out. Maybe I'd put John Morant ahead of uh, DeRozan. But you're looking at DeMar DeRozan, and we got the bet in right here at Circa a couple of days ago, earlier this week. We got the bet in 50-1 to 1 odds to be the most valuable player. The odds now, across many books... 28 to 1 here at Circa, 25 to 1 at MGM and Westgate, 30 at Boyd, 30 up on DraftKings. We're holding a 50 to 1 ticket. This thing is only gonna drop even more. Why? Well, first off, there's history. Tamar DeRozan just made it. <laughs> DeRozan with a uh 38-point performance. On 16 of 27 shooting, which is 59% from the field, he has now done something that nobody else in NBA history has done. And that is record seven straight games scoring 35 points on 50% shooting from the field and counting. Because he's heading into the All-Star break now and coming out of the All-Star break, this streak could hit. Eight games, nine games, who knows? And when you consider the 16 of 27 shooting, it's actually worse than what he's been doing lately. In the past seven games, DeMar DeRozan is averaging 38.6 points, 5.7 rebounds, and 5.6 assists on 60.7% shooting from the field. He has scored at least 30 points in eight straight games. That's the longest streak by a Bulls player since Michael Jordan did it in 1996. And now DeRozan is tied with Joel Embiid for the longest streak of 30-point games by a player this season. DeRozan was asked about his streak, how locked in he is. If he can describe it, quote, I'll be honest with you, I can't describe it. It's one of those things where I'm completely locked in as soon as I come to work, understanding I want to be able to leave work with a win by any means necessary. The Bulls have now won five straight games despite Zach Levine being out three straight and other injuries like Caruso and Lonzo and whatnot. The Bulls are the number one seed right now in the Eastern Conference. And nobody is playing better right now than DeMar DeRozan. He should absolutely be considered a top five MVP candidate. And the fact that there's like Chris Paul and Devin Booker ahead of him. Well, that I just don't agree with. Because those two guys just knock each other out. And Curry, frankly, doesn't belong ahead of him either, right now. It's Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, John Morant, and DeMar DeRozan. That's the top five right now. But to see the odds go down, again, from 50 to 1 to now 30 to 1 or 28 to 1, 25 to 1 is the lowest. That's at Westgate and MGM. I'm already feeling really good about the 50-1 to 1 ticket on DeRozan to be the MVP. And the Chicago Bulls are actually going to get some reinforcements because uh story came out here on Wednesday night that the Pacers, who um, they just acquired Tristan Thompson in the trade that sent uh, DeMontis Sabonis to Sacramento. Well, Tristan Thompson is going to be waived by the Pacers on Thursday, uh, and he will sign with the Chicago Bulls. It's a veteran big man. He is not the, uh, you know, not the same player that he was, but he's only 30, and he can provide some minutes off the bench, like, you know, You got to give Nikola Vucevic some help there in the the front court. So you you bring in Tristan Thompson, and and it's going to help. DeMar DeRozan, after the game, said, quote, known Tristan for years, great dude, championship experience, good friend of mine, got the utmost respect for him off the court. Obviously, we all know what he brings on the court. So I think this will be a great addition to us what he's able to bring, veteran leadership, understanding what it takes to win a championship. The Bulls right now, as I mentioned, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference with a record of 38-21. and 21. Their odds to win the Eastern Conference are plus 1,600. Not a bad flyer. To take out. Their odds to win the division, by the way, are plus 220. And right now they are two games up on the Bucks in the Central Division. So if you think they'll maintain that lead, you get plus 220 odds just to win that division. You don't even have to worry about the playoffs. Just worry about finishing out the regular season. And at what point, like think about this, there's not many games left. There's only like 24 or somewhat games left in the NBA regular season. So at what point do the Bucks who are still chasing the Bulls like at what point do they say, "Hey, let's let's just cool our jets here and make sure that we're healthy for the playoffs." Right? No need to kind of push this here And win the division. We're okay getting the you know we'll be the we'll be the three seed or the four seed in the Eastern Conference. We'll have home court advantage. It doesn't matter, Uh, but we don't need to you know go out and try and be the one seed and win this division. Could happen. Veteran team knows what it takes to win a championship because they just won a championship last season. So maybe at the end of the year, if they're like three games back, and there's Seven games left to play, they decide, let's back off here. Plus 220, not bad. But yeah, to win the Eastern Conference, the Bulls are plus 1600. But I will be riding this Bulls wave. I'll be riding this DeMar DeRozan wave. Uh, Their next game after the All-Star break is going to be uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. Next Thursday, the 24th, um, so two, actually a lot of good opponents coming up because they got Atlanta, then they play Memphis, then they're at Miami, then at Atlanta, then home to Milwaukee, then at Philadelphia. This is a big stretch for the Chicago Bulls. That's two, four, so that's six tough games in a row. And yeah, I'm putting Atlanta in that tough game conversation. If they win four of those six games, that would be very impressive for the Bulls. That would be very impressive. Go a long way into helping them maintain that one seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Well, the NBA is headed to its All-Star break on Thursday. It'll be the final day of games before the break. There is uh, five games on the schedule. We will go over the NBA slate here for Thursday. Also, Maybe a little bit of talk about what we could expect on uh, in Cleveland All Star Weekend, and uh, also go over some picks uh, for your NHL schedule for Thursday. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir. This is the Look Ahead here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
3: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, Over, Under, and Against the Spread Bets. Betting splits are another way. vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on vsin, the sports betting network at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. It's the final day of the NBA, uh, well, It's not the first half because we're already halfway through the season. But it's the uh, final day of games prior to the All-Star break. We have the All-Star festivities this weekend in Cleveland. uh, All-Star Saturday night, of course. And uh, the All-Star game on Sunday, Team LeBron against Team Durant. Just five games on your schedule here on Thursday night. And here's what we're looking at. The Miami Heat four and a half point favorites at the Charlotte Hornets like the heat to bounce back. They just coming off a loss against Dallas. I think this is a team that understands uh, they want to go into the break with some positive momentum. Uh, They are right up there with the Chicago bulls in terms of the uh, standings in the Eastern conference. They're just a half game back of the bulls. And with a win, they will tie Chicago. So they will be tied with that uh, with the number one seed in the East. So, I'm going to go back Chicago to get back in the winning column and go into the uh, all-star break on a positive note. You have the Brooklyn Nets, a three-point favorite at home against the Wizards. This is a Nets team that had lost 11 straight games, and, you know, they're a new team now. And I I said it's addition by subtraction, right? Getting rid of James Harden and... And they bring in, you know, some good pieces here in guys like Seth Curry, who can score, who can shoot the three. Uh, Guys like um, Andre Drummond, who is a key contributor. Andre Drummond had 19 rebounds for the Nets here against the Knicks. Seth Curry led the way with 20 points. LaMarcus Aldridge had 18. And, you know, this is a team now that I think is just free of any distractions. And... They came back from what 28 points down against the Knicks to win that game. Uh, I know it's the second out of a back to back, but I-, I think this Nets team is starting to find something here, and I like them to go into the break with a little bit of momentum. Uh, the Mavericks are three point favorites on the road at the Pelicans. Uh, Dallas is coming off. Like I- I- we talked about that win um, over the uh, Miami Heat. And now they're at New Orleans. The Pelicans are a team that uh, okay, they they lost to Memphis, and uh, I don't even think they had John Morant in that game. Um, but they were playing you know okay basketball. You know they made to they they, they obviously uh, get C.J. McCollum, who's been a boost for them. Uh, so we'll see that game uh, how that plays out here. And then you got the Sixers at the Bucks. I like the Bucks here a lot. My uh, uh, Philadelphia just got blown out right by Boston the other night. And this just looks like a team that is just ready for a couple of days off. They make they trade a bunch of assets and James Harden still hasn't played for them yet. He will join them after the All-Star break. So I think this is a team that's kind of just playing out the strings here of the first half or again, it's not the first half of the season, but pre-All-Star break. And then they will enjoy their couple of days off and look like a retooled team starting next week. So I like Milwaukee to actually go into the break here with the win over the 76ers, who just feel like they've already hit their all-star break. You know, they checked out. Uh, Clippers, they're 9.5-point favorites at home against the Rockets. Uh, no real read on that game. Rockets are bad. Nine and a half is a lot. Uh, you know, if I had to pick one, I guess I'd go with the Clippers. Clippers are coming off a loss to the Phoenix Suns. Do they want to write the ship uh, before they head into the all-star break? So that's to take a look at the NBA. Uh, the three-point contest, you'll be able to bet it on some of the online books. I haven't seen anything up on DraftKings yet. Uh, for it. But I have seen other places that have the all star odds, right? And we talked about it briefly with Lauren Jabara. And Trey Young is at, I saw him at plus 490. He was the third favorite. Patty Mills was the favorite. I forget who was second, but um, Trey Young was the third favorite to win the award. I'm gonna back Troy. I'm gonna back uh, Trey Young. Oh, Fred Van Fleet was the other favorite. So it was Patty Mills plus 440, uh, Fred Van Fleet plus 440, Trey Young plus 490, Desmond Bain plus 600, uh, Luke Kennard plus 600, CJ McCollum plus 950, Karl Anthony Towns plus 1200. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll back Trey Young in this spot only uh, because of what we had from Lauren Jabbar uh, earlier here this evening. That's going to go on, obviously, on Saturday. Uh, Let's shift our attention to talk about what's going down in the NHL on Thursday. Rangers will host the Red Wings, minus 200. The Washington Capitals are at Philadelphia, Washington, minus 175. Great game in Toronto. Maple Leafs are minus 150 at home against the Penguins, total of 6. In that game. Uh, The Blues. The only heavy road favorite of the night. They are minus 280 at the Canadiens. I will be playing St. Louis on the puck line at minus a goal and a half. Why? Because the Canadiens are atrocious. They've lost 10 straight games. And most of them have been by two or more goals. Buffalo is a minus 120 favorite at home against the Senators. You have the Islanders, a minus 110. That's pretty much, you know, even money or whatever against the uh, Bruins. Uh, The Jets, minus 175 at home against the Kraken. Chicago is minus 150 at home against the Blue Jackets. Oilers, a heavy favorite, minus 230 at home against the Ducks. Uh, The Oilers are coming off uh, three straight wins now after they had suffered back-to-back losses to Vegas and Chicago. They fire the coach, and now they have responded with three straight wins, beating the Islanders three to one, beating the Sharks three nothing, and then winning at LA five to two. So now uh, Edmonton will return uh, home, and they will take on the Ducks. And Edmonton is minus two thirty. The Ducks, meanwhile, have lost three straight games. So look to Edmonton to keep this thing uh, rolling. And then Vancouver, minus 115 at home against the Sharks. Uh, Seems like the play, if I was looking, if you want to make a, I guess, a money line parlay on some favorites, you got St. Louis and, let's see, the Rangers and let's go with the Oilers, plus 200 for those three teams on the money line. Not terrible. Uh, Oilers on the puck line with the Blues on the puck line is plus 320. Now that is something that kind of gets me uh, gets me going. Uh, NHL Futures. Right now the Avalanche, the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Panthers and Lightning are next. Vegas is plus eight hundred. Toronto plus eight hundred. I think of those teams, Toronto would be the one that I would look for to uh, win the Eastern Conference. It's the Panthers, Lightning, then the Maple Leafs, Canadiens, Penguins, Bruins, Rangers at plus eleven hundred. Dark horse. I know I've said it before, and their odds were actually lower before. You know, there was might have been around plus two thousand or so, but dark horse. Dark horse. Got the best goalie in the league right now. He is the favorite to win the Vezina trophy, Igor Shesterkin, at plus one seventy-five. And all it takes when you get to the playoffs is a hot goaltender. So also keep an eye out on who's playing for the Rangers on uh, against the Red Wings. If it's Shesterkin, I like the Rangers to win and do win a puck line, like win by two goals against the Red Wings. If it's if it's Georgiev, just maybe just do Rangers money line. Because I don't know if I trust him to pitch a shutout here against the Red Wings. Uh, I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. So we got NHL, keep going, and the NBA headed towards the all-star break. But we're so invested in the MVP market that we couldn't be happier with where we are right now with the current position. And yes, that is one, DeMar DeRozan at 50. To one, plus Jaron Jackson Jr. at 60 to one to win the uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I'm Scott Sidenberg. It's the Look Ahead here on Desean.